Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. Well, hi. How was everyone? <laughs> um, yes, I'm, I'm Michael Workmeister, and um, i just like to start off by saying um, just to my own parents, just thank you so much um, for the way that you guys have guided me and loved me and uh, believed in me from day one and not once have um, given up on the vision that God has for my life. And um, I, I want to say from the bottom of my heart to everyone here that, you know, even though I'm their son, that, <laughs> sorry, that, uh, that every single thing you see from the stage, every genuine moment, every genuine conversation that you have with my mom or my dad is, is straight from the heart and it's who they really are. And it's who they have become through um, Christ that has given them strength and um, has empowered me to be who I am today. So please give a round of applause just for my uh, amazing parents. All right. I just, uh, I first off just wanted to um, talk about a little bit who I am. I know everybody sees me a little bit on the stage here and there, a little bit on Sunday morning, but um, uh, obviously I'm Michael, and um, I grew up in ministry my whole life. I grew up in church my whole life. Um, if I had a dollar for how many times I fell asleep in an Applebee's booth, it'd be a lot of money because they had to talk to parents and I was exhausted. I was like, mom, dad, please, I'm, I'm exhausted. I don't want to sleep here. I want to go home. But um, yeah, I grew up in ministry my whole life. Um, I grew up around music and worship my whole life. I feel very, very grateful to have uh, my mom who has taught me how to worship and how to honor the Lord through worship my whole life. And um, I've always my whole life felt very, very, very thankful that I had parents and a father that would lead me and guide me and give me vision ever since I was a little kid. And um, I've grown up around that. And I remember my dad, he's told me a couple times that before I was even born, the Lord came to my dad and he woke him up in a dream. And he was like, you're going to have a son and his name's going to be Michael and he's going to be the worship leader of your church someday. And I think that's so special because from that day forward, my dad has implemented that in my mind that, Michael, you're going to serve the Lord you're going to be a worship leader. You're going to be full of vision. You're going to be full of life. And you're going to lead that congregation someday in worship. And it's going to be very special. Um, and how many of you know that a really good father will implement dreams and visions and life into your kids from a very early age? And um, I feel very, very blessed to have that in my life and to have my dad who has um, stuck, stuck with me through the thick and the thin. And, um, but how many of you know that a good father will do that and they will get to the root inside of you and be like, Michael, I love you. I'm proud of you. Jesus has got a good plan for you. But they'll also have times where they'll push you when you don't want to be pushed. And they'll push you to be the man that they know that you're called to be because they see the potential that you have even when we don't, right? So I feel very blessed that in moments in my life where I didn't feel comfortable with certain things or going through certain things or growing in certain things. But my dad knew what I was going to be. He knew this moment right here. 
So he would push me and he, and he would, you know, get on my nerves and he would, and he would, you know, do certain things so that I could be the man who um, I've become today. Um, I remember a very specific story. I remember um, I was little and I played, I played basketball and he was my coach um, for about five years. And I remember there was a lot of great moments in that. And there was a lot of moments where I was like, Dad, I, get out of my life. I'm, I'm done with you, you know? Um, but I remember this very specific moment. Um, how many of you know Steph Curry? Um, back in the day, he used to, like, take his mouth guard out of his mouth and, like, chew it on the side of his mouth. And there was just, like, a nervous tick he used to do. And I remember I was obsessed with Steph Curry. Like, I loved him. I wore his jerseys. You know, I used to have a little mouth guard that I would wear. And I remember one day during practice, we were practicing, and there was just this, like, there's this thing I just wasn't getting. Like, I just kept, like, missing, like, freaking layups. And my dad's like, what, what are you doing, you know? But I remember I, uh, I just, like, wasn't really grasping, like, you know, what was going on. And in the middle of practice, like, mind you, like, my whole team is watching at this point. My dad pulls me over, and he goes, hey, Michael, can I see that for a second? Takes the thing. He goes, get that crap out of here, and chucks it all the way across the court. And I remember, I'm like exhausted. I just got done running. I'm like, like, really? Like, is this happening right now? And like, all my friends are like, trying so hard not to laugh. And I'm like, mortified, you know? I'm mortified. But I remember like, my dad had this moment with me where he like, broke me down in the middle of this practice. And in that moment, I was so so frustrated with him because I, I didn't care. I, I just, I wanted to seem cool. I wanted to be like Steph Curry, you know? But my dad's like, no, Michael, I, I see what you're going to do this season. I see the basketball player you're going to become. I see the things that you need to grow in. But Michael, I need you to partner with me in this moment and not get so frustrated with me and listen to me, you know? Um, I was a very strong-willed kid, so that's why we, uh, we've bumped heads you know, in the past, but, and that's also why we're banned from, like, the, uh, the group, like, basketball in the church, because there's just too many fights. Dave Spaniak eventually was like, I'm, I'm done with it, but, uh, I love you, dad, (laughs) but, um, yeah, so a good dad will lead us and guide us and give us vision, but a good dad will also push us to succeed and to get better, but it also takes us partnering with him, um, to become better. So um, I want to take you to this verse, Matthew 25, um, verse 14. It says, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who was leaving on a trip. He called his servants and handed his possessions over to them. To one, he gave five valuable coins, and to another, he gave two, and to another, he gave one. He gave to each servant according to that servant's ability. Then he left on his journey. After the man left, the servant who had five valuable coins took them and went to work doing business with them. He gained five more. In that same way, the one who had two valuable coins gained two more. But the servant who had received one valuable coin dug a hole in the ground Sorry, and, and uh, buried his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master... Um, of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The one who had received five valuable coins came forward with five additional coins. He said, Master, you gave me five valuable coins. Look, I've gained five more. The master replied, Excellent, you are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I'll put you in charge of much. Come celebrate with me. 
The second servant also came forward and said, Master, you gave me two valuable coins. Look, I've gained two more. His master replies, well done. You are a good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little, and I'll put you in charge of much. Come celebrate with me. Now the one who had received one valuable coin came and said, Master, I knew that you are a hard man. You harvest grain where you haven't sown. You gather crops where you haven't spread seed. So I was afraid, and I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Here you have what's yours. His master replied, you evil and lazy servant. You knew that I harvest grain where I haven't sown and that I gather crops um, where I haven't spread seed. In case you should have turned my money over to the bankers so that when I return, you could give me what uh, belonged to me with interest. Therefore, take him to the valuable coin and give it to the one who has 10 coins. Those who have much will receive more and they will have more than what they need. But as for those who don't have much, even the little bit they have will be taken away from them. Now take the worthless servant and throw him into the farthest darkness. People will be there grinding, weeping, and grinding their teeth. Man, that's a lot of reading. All right. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me through that. <laughs> um, I, I really love that verse, but I think, honestly, it's not like the most popular like verse in Christianity and in church, really, um, because it's brutal, you know? Like, I, I feel violated reading that sometimes. But, um, but I really love that verse because it really breaks down the calling of, okay, God, here is the vision. Here's the gift. Here's my dad telling me, hey, you're going to be a worship leader, right? And then here is the promised land. And God's going, Michael, I've given you all of this stuff. Now, how are you going to use this? How are you going to use this? for my glory, even when you aren't comfortable, even when I need you to grow in things that you're not necessarily good at, but I need you to get better at, even in tough seasons, right? The Lord is going, how will you be faithful with what you have and grow in this in-between spot from vision to promised land where the Lord is asking us to do something? And sometimes, a lot of the time, People get caught up in excuses and caught up in different situations where it stunts them from getting to that, to that next season, that closer to that promised land of Jesus saying to us, you good and faithful servant. You know, somewhere in between us humans come up with some excuse, you know. So I was really praying and the Lord gave me a couple words um, that really define this. And there's plenty of words, but um, the Lord gave me, if you're taking notes, if you want to label this, um, Point one, he gave me uh, pride. Um, in verse 25, it says, Now the one who had received one valuable coin came and said, Master, I knew you are a hard man and you harvest grain where you haven't sown. You gather crops where you haven't spread seed. So I was afraid and I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Here you have what's yours. I think it's so funny. Like, how can he just talk to his master like that? How can he just be so rude and blunt and say, here, this, this is what I wanted to do with my gift, with my coin, you know? Like, you, you can have it back. This is what I wanted to do. Master, I, I don't care really what you say, but this is what I wanted to do with it, you know? So much pride in that. So much pride in that. And I just think it's so funny how us as humans, we can be like standing in worship and we're like, 
God, I'm tired. I, I don't care. You know, I'm not like, I could easily be like, Dad, I don't want to preach. Like, I, I don't really want to do this. He came to me about this. And do you know what the first instinct in me when he asked me if I wanted to preach? I was like, no, no, you know? But in me, I had this thing where the Lord was like, Michael, I gave you this voice. I gave you this gift. I gave you this thing. And I know you've got to grow in it. And I know it's not easy. And I know it's not your strong suit or you're not comfortable in it. But Michael, partner with me and do this with me. And I promise I will get you through this. So I see, I, I see pride in that verse. Um, uh, James 4, 6 says, therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Um, I love this verse too, um, because I think it really represents how you yourself can be your own cap with Jesus in your relationship. You can be your own cap, you know? So like come into Jesus with a proud heart, you know? But what room does that give Jesus to work in your life? Like, really, what room? It's like if, if you were a married couple and you, you know, I know nothing about marriage, so don't, don't you know what I mean, you know? I'm still 18, all right? <laughs> but it's like if a, if a married couple were to come together in an argument and they come together wanting to settle something and both of them come with um, pride in their heart, what room does that give the married couple to grow in their relationship and the things that they're going through? None, right? It's like me coming to Jesus being like, God, I, I already know. I've got it figured out. I, I've got it. Like, I'm, I'm good, you know? And the Lord's like, but you're not giving me any room. There's things I want to do. And listen, here's the thing. I think it's so funny. So many people will come up to like me or our staff or my dad or whoever it is and be like, I just, I feel like the Lord isn't speaking to me. I feel like he's not saying anything. I try so hard, but he's just, he's not giving me anything. And like, we'll ask them a question. We'll be like, did you give up your pride? Do you have an open heart? Are you being vulnerable with the Lord? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, really? You know, because in my mind, I view that as, oh, the Lord's actually asking you to do something that you're not comfortable with and you, and you don't want to go that far. You can't give up your pride, you know? What room does that give in the space between vision and promised land? What room does that give the Lord to work in us, you know? We've got to be vulnerable with the Lord. We've got to give up our pride, you know? Um, so that's uh, number one. Point number two is anxiety. Um, I love this point in the verse, verse 25. It says, so I was afraid, and I hid my valuable coin in the ground. Um, I think anxiety and kind of like depression is also a huge um, controversial thing in the church too. I think that culture has this big idea of like, you know, God will give me so much grace for my anxiety because I'm not using my talent. It's all right. I've got anxiety and I, I just need a personal day. You know, I just, I need, I saw this like Instagram post recently and it was this girl who was like, when work becomes too much and life becomes too much and my anxiety is too much, I literally just take the whole day off no matter like what my boss says and like just do like a spa day. I'm like, what? Like you just like give up in the middle of your week, you know? And it's like uh, the way I see it is that the Lord is saying, listen, if anxiety and fear and depression is getting in the way of what I want to do in your life, then that's a sin. Then you're on the wrong for that. 
And yes, I have grace for you, but I also have the strength and the power to help you overcome in that. And us as a culture, we want to get so caught up in, oh, I've got anxiety, I've got a rest, I've got a blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but the Lord's, the Lord's got it. I'll let him do it. I'm going to take a couple things from the Bible that I love, and then I'm just going to sit in this, and I'm going to deal with it on my own. But the Lord's like, no, I want to pull things out of you and help you grow in that and overcome. And listen, I, I love to, like, people always say, and listen, as a church and as a staff, we have so much grace for when people say this, that they have, you know, a, um, like, critical or clinical depression. What is it? Um, and when they say they've been diagnosed with it, and, and I totally think that's real, but also I totally think that you can put a label on yourself and then you can cast it on to the Lord, you know? I don't really believe in labels, and I don't think the Lord does either, you know? Um, so, yeah, anxiety. Um, I love Proverbs 29, 25. It says, fear of man will prove to be snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. I think um, anxiety comes in a lot of forms, too, where anxiety can come in a state of faith, where we lose faith because of our anxiety, you know? I can't tithe because I don't, I don't have the money for next week's rent. The proof is right there. The proof is right there. You know, have faith in me and the Lord will keep you safe, you know. And I love it so much. Like we put our trust in so many ideas, so many things, so many ideas. And like the Lord is like, I've got it right here. I said I would keep you safe, you know. And th this is my uh, last verse on this point. Psalms 55, 22. Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. I love that so much. I love it so much because it's like we don't have to carry this stuff, you know? Because, like, let me remind you that this anxiety and this depression that we're sitting in is also pride. And people don't like to, like, talk about that. They're like, oh, no, like, let's justify this. Let's, they're good to sit in this. And it's like, no, it's pride. Because it's saying, God, my problems mean more, you know? I don't believe that you can heal me. And the Lord's like, did you not hear what I said in the scripture? I said I would heal you. I would never let the righteous fall, you know? But at the end of the day, this can seem really hard and really brutal and really, you know, I, I get chills, you know, thinking about it sometimes, but it's like, but the Lord is so encouraging about it too. He's like, Michael, cast your cares on me. I've got you. I will heal you. I will take care of you. But somewhere along this road, we come up with these excuses for ourselves to be like, nope, I won't do it. I won't raise my hands. I'm tired. I uh, had a long week, work. And the Lord's like, you know, I died for you, right? You know, I literally was exhausted when they put, you know, like thorns into my body, right? You know? Um, yeah, the point number two, anxiety. Point number three, um, Ray, you can come on up, is uh, comparison. Um, I, I really love this one because I think that the congregation could get really mixed up in this one when it comes to growing in uncomfortable things, right? And it, and it comes with pride and it comes with anxiety all at the same time. And um, I remember when I was little, I had this um, complex about me where 
I would view, uh, I don't know if you know, Bill and Etta Price in our, um, in our congregation. They're just amazing, seasoned, just wise um, a couple that has just followed the Lord for years and years and years. And um, they're, they're very, very special people. When you meet them, you'll shake their hand. You'll be like, I am extremely intimidated by you right now, Lynn. I, I need to go clear my search history. Come on. But <laughs> no, <I'm> just <laughs> but, um, but I, when I was little, I used to have this complex with them of just like, I, I'll never get to that. I'll never be that. There's never going to come a day and a time where I listen to more worship music than I do secular music. There will never be a day and a time where I give up this pride or I give up this thing in me. There will will never be a time where I'm able to grow in this thing that I'm too uncomfortable with, you know? And the Lord is like, stop limiting me. Stop limiting me. You are putting a cap on me to say, this is how far you will go and how far you will grow, you know? I remember when, um, about a couple months ago, when I was praying about this message, the Lord said to me, because there was a couple things that I wasn't just handing over to the Lord, and that the Lord was like, hey, this is you now, and this is the picture of, like, what I want you to be, right? And I was comparing myself to this in a negative way, saying, I'm not good enough. I cannot get there. What, how am I supposed to be here? And us as humans, we will back our minds up with pride and anxiety and these comparisons and this delusion to what Jesus really has for us, you know? And, and the Lord said to me, Michael, like, shut your mind off and be open to who I want you to be. There is no difference between you and a seasoned person with, with me. It's just about relationship, just come and, and be with me and be in relationship with me. And I promise you, if you take these steps, there was a couple of things that was, that was going in my life that was like, that were hard. And the Lord is like, Michael, take these steps. And I promise you, I will lead you out of this to the promised land. Do not compare yourself to others in a negative way. Because then that shuts down anything the Lord can do in your life. Um, my last point, band, you can come up. If you want, um, well, you need to come up. <laughs> I don't know. I said that. <laughs> um, <laughs> my gosh. Um, I remember a uh, a couple years back. Um, I uh, I was going through a season of my life where I was in school. I was playing basketball consistently. Shout out Coach McKenzie right there. <laughs> um, I was playing basketball every day, and I loved it. And, uh, but I was getting to a point in my life where I felt like the grace and the, and the passion for that was kind of just, it was leaving. It was fading away. And I was like, what, what is going on? I'm not playing how I used to. I don't have the friends that I used to. And um, I remember the Lord asked me to step out in faith. And there was an opportunity for me to be homeschooled for a little bit and get my GED and to basically work full-time at the church. And this is everything that I've been dreaming and everything that I've been wanting and everything that my family has instilled in my brain since day one. And, um, and I remember 
I, uh, I was going through this season, and this is when I was first kind of starting to play guitar and like sing on stage and things like that. And at the same time, as I'm taking these steps, these uncomfortable steps of faith with the Lord, I was going through a very serious porn addiction at the time. And um, I remember just fighting this with the Lord and fighting this with my flesh for so long. And um, I remember this state in my life where I had just come to the end of myself. I had come to this certain point in the road between vision and promised land where I was like, Lord, I, I can't do this anymore. I can't overcome this obstacle. And it was leading me into a lot of anxiety and depression and a lot of pride in this state in my mind where I was like, Lord, I, I'm, this is my last go. I'm, I'm really trying, Lord. You know, I'm really trying to step out of this uncomfortable, uh, uncomfortability. And I remember this, um, this specific night. It was a Saturday night. And I remember I was just, I was laying in my bed and I was dealing with temptation. I remember I, I had to sing the next morning. I had to sing. And um, I remember I was just like fighting with, with the enemy. I was like, no, I'm not doing this tonight. I'm, I'm done with this. I'm healed. I've got to sing tomorrow. I'm exhausted. It's like three in the morning. And I'm like, I'm not doing this. And I'm fighting this. And, and eventually, eventually I give in. And after everything was said and done, I remember how unbelievably paralyzed I was. I was paralyzed in this shame and this guilt and what the enemy was telling me that you're not good enough. You're not good enough. There's no way you can wake up and you can sing for the Lord in the morning and you can go up to, to Bill Price and shake his hand like a respectable man. No way. And I was just filled with shame and guilt and this anxiety. And I remember the first thing that went through my head, I was like, I, I can't get up in the morning. I can't do this. There's no way. I'm going to pretend to be sick. I'm going I'm to text Matt. I'm going to text my mom. They'll figure it out. There's no way. I can't do this. And um, I remember I was walking in my room. I'm about to go to bed. I'm about to make this decision. And... Um, I remember, sorry, I remember I um, get to the edge of my bed and I look on the side of my uh, kind of like nightstand and I see this picture right here, if you could um, put it up. Um, I remember I, uh, I see this picture and immediately the Lord was right there. He was right there. He was like, Michael, Michael. I know this isn't you. I know you. I know this isn't who you are. And I love you so much. And I'm so proud of you. And I saw this picture, this amazing picture as this, as a sign in this representation about Jesus and his fatherly love for us. And um, I, I know what was happening in this picture. There was a lot of steps in faith that, that my own parents were, were taking at the time to... Uh, really serve the Lord. There was a lot of issues in their marriage. There was a lot of finance issues. There was overworked hours. But still, they took the time to be faithful to the Lord, to say, Lord, I'm going to partner with you, and I'm not going to give up. 
I refuse to give in to pride. I refuse to give in to anxiety. I refuse to give in to the anxiety of, I don't know if we can pay rent if we, if we tithe this month. But they were there in that moment and they were present with the Lord to say, Lord, I take your hand and I partner with you even though it's hard, even though it's difficult. And because they were able to do that, I got to grow up without feeling any weight from any of that. I got to grow up with a father that loved me and cared about me and took care of me, you know? And um, I saw this picture and the Lord immediately told me, it was like, Michael, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you, You're my son. And, and I've got you, I've got you. But what I need you to do right now is I need you to trust in me. I need you to wake up in the morning and I need you to sing for me because it's the talent and the gift, the coin that I've given you and I need you to use it for me because if you won't, somebody else will. And I'm talking to the Lord. The Lord's like, Michael, if you partner with me right now, in this moment, from vision to promised land, in between right now, even though it's so hard, I promise you, if you take my hand, I will not let you down. I will not let the righteous fall. So I remember I, I took this picture and I just grabbed it and I just held it so tight. And the Lord filled me with grace and love and strength. And he said, Michael, I promise you, I promise you will get out of this addiction. I promise you I'll take you out of this state right now. And what the Lord has done in my life from that moment forward is amazing because, because of the way that us as humans, we have to decide. We have to say, am, am I going to actually take your hand? Am I going to get rid of my comfortable little life right now and my little, my little thing I got going on? Or am I really going to trust you and I'm really going to live for you and I'm really going to lay myself and my life on the altar for you? You know, it's our decision. It is our decision. It's a narrow road, but the Lord is like, just, just trust me. Just come and allow me to do this. And I promise you, I've got you from there forward. Um, so if you'd like to stand up this morning, um, I, I want to go into this song. It's called Shout to the Lord. And um, it's a very, very special song in my heart because it talks a lot about how the Lord loves us and how he promises us, right? The main lyric I love in this song is, nothing compares to the promise I have in you. That's, that's so special, you know, because at the end of the day, no matter how hard some of these messages are or, or how hard it is to, to grasp some of this or how uncomfortable it is, the Lord is like, I promise you, I've got you. Step out with me and I promise you, I've got you. Raise your hands and I promise I'll be there with you. Lay your life down on the altar and I promise I've got grace for you. I promise I've got your finances. I promise I've got your kids. I promise. Because I've seen it in my life where the Lord has worked in my life and I've seen it in my parents' life where they took steps of faith and look where I am. I'm good. I'm good because they trusted in the Lord and they partnered with the Lord. So right now, I just want you to close your eyes and raise your hands. This is just a sign of surrender. I know we say it all the time, but it's a sign of surrender to the Lord saying, Lord, I'm partnering with you right now. I love you. 
I surrender to you. I give you all the space that you need to come and do whatever you want in my heart. So whether you know this song or you don't, focus on this lyric. Nothing compares to the promise I have in you. And just worship him and tell him what's on your heart. Because I promise you, he will take care of you. You, you just give the, the ability for you to be vulnerable. He'll come in and he'll say, son, daughter, I care about you. And I love you and I've got a good plan for you. So right now, let's just lift our hands. Start to just put praise and, and what's on your heart, on your lips right now.